I feel like as a Gen X woman, I've sort of tried to do it, do it all and like kind of have the career, have the children, have everything. And I feel quite angry about that because I feel like it hasn't really delivered the happiness or the satisfaction that I thought it would. And I think the older you get, you can keep trying to brush it under the carpet and forget about it and express anger over other things. But actually, that's one of the big things that I'm quite angry about. Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. I'm Jennifer Cox. I'm Salima Saxton. I'm Jane Green. I'm so happy that the team is back together, by the way. No, I've really missed you. And thank you for bearing with me. It's been, I've been on a European extravaganza. And thank you for, for um, what's the expression? Helming the ship, whatever Holding it is. Holding the fort. Holding the fort, yeah. And I'm really, really happy to be back. And I have missed both of you very much. By looking at Jen's face, I yes, feel that Jen might need to kick off with what's been making you angry this week. I'm furious. Yeah, I mean, that, I that is just a technical load of crap what just happened there that will never stop making me angry i know um i was just listening to the news though um politicians we're going macro with this politicians i absolutely it's the what i what i sort of realized is it's their privilege to change the subject uh i'm talking climate change i'm talking cost of living they can change the subject we don't get to change the subject. That's that's what's making me mad. Over to you guys. Micro, macro, what's been bugging you? What I have noticed about the three of us, okay, is that Jen is like plugged into the world and always comes up with something fabulous about what's going on. And she's, and she's completely right, basically. Jane has her own rogue way of looking at the world. And then whereas I seem to be living with the creatures in my head not to sound not, not to sound totally mad but <laughs> on, li- on, mad. on listening back to some of the early episodes where I talk about the dormouse on the roller coaster um and my own feelings in my head I am someone who's definitely at the stage of my life where I am frustrated angry cross I can't even say the word angry about it um about my behaviours in the past and, and, and the little creatures, I've got to stop saying little creatures in my head, but the uh, habits that I have formed over the last 20 years and trying to change, trying to get the dormouse off the roller coaster. I won't mention the dormouse ever again, but um, so that's where I am. I don't have a lot of anger about anything, but what's really interesting is I, I know that there's much to be angry about, particularly politically and, and climate change and, and everything else. You know, I was so angry for so long because obviously I live in America, so I, I lived through... You know, I was here for Trump and yep. and at the Trump years and and what that sort of unleashed um, in in this country and and I was very angry and very fearful and I have to take it down to a micro level because I couldn't function and mm-hmm. in order for me to function and this is terribly selfish but. I, I've put myself in a bit of a news bubble in that I will read the headlines, but then I, I skim. I, I cannot go down those rabbit holes because I need to produce. I need to be present as a as a wife, as a mother, as a friend. And I I can't be if I'm if I'm dwelling on everything that's mm. wrong. And I want to say something else because I often feel that I, I'm the one who's I'm the rogue co-host in this group because I'm not very angry, but I was furious for years. And I think that I'm at a different stage of life 
mm. in that my children have gone. Being a mother and working is so wildly overwhelming in a way none of us are prepared for. We we still carry this sort of beatific notion of motherhood and put all this pressure on ourselves. And in fact, none of us can live up to that. And so we're all losing our shit all the time. Mm. But the minute your children leave, it, it every you you come back to yourself. Mm. Um, actually that that anger and overwhelm really dissipates and so I feel rather ridiculous that I very rarely get angry anymore I avoid the the big things to be angry about and and in terms of a small thing I'm the agony aunt on of dailymail.com I'm dear Jane and I would say 90% of the letters I get whatever the issue is the fundamental basic problem behind everything is an inability to communicate. And, and that's when resentments and anger build. Um, and I just, one of the sort of great gifts of aging for me has been learning how to say to people kindly, you know, that, that old expression, say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean. The ability to say to people, this is not okay, or I felt really hurt when you blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there we are. I have nothing to be angry about. This is what's so great about, I think, the three of us. We're, we're all, we're doing different things at different stages. And it's, it's great to see that everything does pass, you know, this too shall pass, mm, you know, mm, can, people can see it's such a cliched thing to say, but actually be it joy, be it grief, be it whatever, everything, everything will pass, won't it? And, but I guess I feel, I'm chiming with Jane and as a therapist, I really mm. feel like things pass quicker when we talk about them. Right. And that's why, yeah, you know, great hence point. what we're doing. Mm. Our guest this week is the author of five books, including The B Word, Motherwhelmed and Fuck Nailing It. We find her writing absolutely bang on and chuckle away daily at her brilliant Insta Reels, which perfectly capture the surreality of midlife. Please welcome Aniki Somerville. Hello, Aniki. You're so familiar. Oh, bless. I feel like you are. Well, all of you are. It's like watching one of your reels. Suddenly yeah. you're... Who she is? It's funny because I've only really stepped up like doing them, you know, before then I just had a fairly normal Instagram and I did everything on stories. So I just used to make very oh. silly kind of giffy stories. Um, and then I was kind of, I think at the beginning of this year, I started doing more of the the reels. And really, it was just because I was going through a really rough patch at work and I wasn't enjoying myself at all. And that was kind of like a way of, I suppose, just survival, really. You know, when you're kind of feeling quite low. And so if I could make a funny little joke or just focus on something quite, you know, trivial, it made me feel so much better. Because otherwise I was just like catastrophizing all the time. I had oh, really yeah, I know this. Horrible. It totally lifts a day, though, to see your reel. But also, Nikki, you really tap into our brains. That's why your reels are great, because mm. I think so many of us watch it and go, oh, my God, me too. Not alone. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I do think it's, I feel like increasingly, I just think women, especially like our age of women, I'm older than probably all of you together, but I feel like. <laughs> no, I, I don't I'm think so. <laughs> pressure you know like we're just under just completely unrelenting kind of pressure and I think mm. so it's kind of 
it's good sometimes to make light of it. But the reality is, is that a lot of people just finding it quite tough, aren't they? Aniki, what makes you angry? Um, well, it's really interesting because I was thinking about this. Um, and actually, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking there isn't actually one particular thing that makes me angry. It's almost like... I can feel it sort of building over a whole kind of spectrum of things. And funnily enough, this morning I had a real um, rage, which was, you know, and it actually surprised me, but it was building up essentially from mess. So it was mess in the house. So in the mornings, um, my partner goes off to work at about quarter past six and I've got both of the girls and I'm usually trying to get them ready for school. And actually they're very, they're, they're pretty good. They're not really hard work. But on this particular morning, I literally, I think there was just, I'd gone into a room, there was mess on the floor. And then when I'd gone into the kitchen, I'd realised that there was a, I was, I'd put a tea towel on the floor and there was water coming out of the bottom of the sink. And we've just, I've just recently got the counter done and I was like, oh shit. And so I put, I cleared up the water and then I realised there was a leak. And so I basically had to put a saucepan under there and it was leaking out. And then at that point, my youngest, who's four, came in and wanted a drink. And she said, and she didn't want to use this particular beaker. She wanted a different beaker. And I opened the door of the cupboard and all of the drinks bottles fell out of the cupboard. And one of them was like a little plastic glass, which I've had for ages, actually, since, you know, probably 10 years. And I quite like it. And I literally I'd got shoes on, but I picked it up and I put it on the floor and I stomped on it and I crushed it with my foot. Um, and my youngest actually started crying. So she was like, because she was quite upset about it. She was uh, suddenly she was very attached to this object. So she was like, this was my favorite blue cup. I love my blue cup. And I was like, oh my God. And this is the thing is that actually when I reflected on it afterwards and I did speak to her and I was like, listen, I'm sorry, mummy's having a bad day. I think the humidity didn't help the fact that. (laughs) But I realized that it was actually, it had been building. There'd been like little red flags along the path, which was almost like my little radar. And having been privileged enough to do a bit of therapy, I know that I do not respond well to chaos and disorder. I think many women Mm. don't. Mm. And when I start to feel those feelings of kind of overwhelm and chaos, that's when I'm, I start getting ragey. So that was definitely a rage. And, and sometimes I can do in the early stages of motherhood, I would usually take it out on inanimate objects. So I would have my partner's socks became a source of real rage. (laughs) And so, because he would just leave them on the floor or wherever he would would take the socks off and then just leave them somewhere. I'd throw them out of our bedroom window and they would go into the, like the side return. And sometimes they'd go in the bin. And if I was feeling even more resentful, I would take other items of his clothing and just throw them out the side. (laughs) I love the thought of a little family of socks inhabiting the alleyway. (laughs) Just it's so... I feel like as women, and you know, you'll know because you've been talking to people about this subject, is that we feel quite kind of impotent about how we express Mm. the rage. I'm going to say something which is completely antithetical to the purpose of this podcast, but we just discussed at the beginning in our intro how I'm not very angry anymore because my kids have all left home. I'm an empty nester. And so actually I was furious for years and I was a really shouting mummy which I've apologized for many many times I would always express myself in anger at things like my husband's socks socks on the floor I just kind of revolting and I would always get very angry and now I am like one of the things he does 
every single night is when we're lying in bed, he starts scrolling and listening to videos loudly. And I, I need no noise in the bedroom. So I just go, what friends in? Why are you having friends? And, and actually, and he was like, why do you have to get so angry? And now I just say, darling, can you put your headphones in? And it's very easy. And I, I've sort of, and he's much more responsive and nothing escalates. And mm. we, what we were saying earlier was, was, um, just how communication is so feeling the anger is very important and i think expressing the anger to those we love is enormously detrimental and has more impact than we realize particularly on the children salima you have something to say all i want to say is aniki just because i think you're a queen of popular culture if i were to give you a quick top five rundown of things that make you angry and you might choose to healthily express or not express that anger. Well, I'm not even sure. I'm an I'm an inward person myself. Um, give me your top five. Go. I get quite angry in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I think at the moment I'm dealing with a challenging time because I'm um, I'm the breadwinner in our household, and so essentially, I am. I feel like as a Gen X woman, I've sort of tried to do it, do it all and like kind of have the career, have the children, have everything. And I feel quite angry about that because I feel like it hasn't really delivered the happiness or the satisfaction that I thought it would. Yeah. That's like a big theme for me. And I think the older you get, you can keep trying to brush it under the carpet and forget about it and express anger over other things. But actually that's one of the big things that I'm quite angry about. And it, it's actually a situational thing where there is not a lot that I can do about it. Mm. But then there's other things that make me angry. Um, I find like unnecessary school communication and WhatsApps make me really angry. Like <laughs> that kind of, you know, when you get these constant kind of oh. updates. Uh, I loved your your reel the other day with the strikes. Maybe that's why Jane is so calm these days. When I I literally- and because she doesn't go down the news rabbit holes. Yes. I, Jane, I think there's plenty that would make you angry. I spent, you know, a good six years furious and terrified and oh. and incapacitated by it. And, and that's not helpful. Aniki, can I ask you as the breadwinner, because I, I too have always been the breadwinner in my family, which is fantastic when your career is going great guns. Are you angry or resentful at your husband? Do you, is yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And it's the thing, it's a very, um, it's really unfair. It's unjustified because it's, it's not his it's not his fault. I waste a lot of energy on it. And I'm just learning actually now, you either take action in some way, or you just have to stop ruminating about it, because it's just going to kill you if you just keep churning it over and over and over. So there's that, but there's that kind of big thing. And I think I always feel that when I'm going back into a job, because I'm kind of like questioning my motivations, do I really want to do this? Wouldn't I rather do something else? Blah, blah, blah. Why am I in this situation? Um, But then all the other things that kind of are more minor make me angry are sort of unnecessary WhatsApp. I hate people who are very sort of competitive through their children. So I get very angry about that. Um, And actually, I hate it because actually it touches a nerve with me because I think we all have this feeling that we're maybe not as good parents as we hoped. Mm -hmm. Even though I pretend that I don't care, if someone's finding out that their kid's getting extra mass tuition on the weekend, you know, through a private tutor, I think that they're a total sort of wanker. But then I also (laughs) feel 
like, oh my God, this is something that I should be doing. So it's kind of like I the, the anger is actually just more myself. You know, I'm angry with myself that I'm not doing better wow. as a parent. Um, and the other thing I get angry about is that kind of suburban thing that you get in London where there's just this massive comparison culture so that everyone pretends that they're really kind of liberal, open-minded, we accept everyone, but essentially the topics of conversation are chiefly the size of loft conversions, the building work they're having done, the car that they're driving, you know. So it's kind of, those things make me angry because I sort of feel like I'm trapped in a life that I, I don't want to be in, you know. Mm. So it's kind of, but again, it's funny because I think there's still this underlying slightly neurotic thing where I would like to have a bigger house, mm. you know, I would like mm. to have, but I think it's easier to sort of, I suppose I just get a bit bored. That's the thing. I sort of, um, you know, bored of the conversation. I think, can't we, can't we talk about something a bit more interesting instead of doing this subtle and not so subtle competitive, who's got the biggest space? Which is very aggressive, actually, but in a very underhand way. Dealing with somebody who is Mr. Loads of Money is actually easier because they're presenting quite truthfully with what with their value system. And so you can either buy into that or not. And it can be quite amusing. When it's covered up with kind of liberal ideas or, or certain kind of political beliefs and things, but they're also telling you where they went on holiday yes. for the fifth yeah. time and the loft conversion in the basement and whatever. It's yeah. confusing to navigate, I think, when you're yeah. on the receiving end. You're not but sure. Also, you're not competitive and, and you don't strike me as being a competitive person yourself. And you you have this incredibly successful, busy career. Right need to jump into it you don't need to these you don't need to prove yourself and, and the problem when the kids are still in school is you are and in you know I live in that equivalent in America it's exactly the same mm. and, but you're sort of forced into it you're forced to be around parents of, of your kids friends who you wouldn't otherwise necessarily have anything to do with because you don't play that game I was just telling Salima earlier I went to this incredible wedding in France and but there were a handful of people who I could see weren't able to let themselves go. They'd obviously put a huge amount of thought into their outfits. And I think that um, that is the problem with suburbia. You are surrounded by by many of these people. Um, yeah. Uptight, repressed. Yeah. Mm. It's hard, isn't it? Because I find that, um, you know, I was often... You know, in my childhood, I was often told that I was too much. And I write about this quite a lot, that kind of classic thing as a girl. If you're quite noisy and loud, you're kind of told to be quieter and be more acceptable and be more polite. And I kind of spent a lot of my life doing that. And then funnily enough, something liberating happened in my 40s. The combination of sort of having children and working, just being tired, my real self just kind of came out. And I started to meet this person who was basically the five-year-old who'd been sort of pushed away. Oh. My partner actually says when he watches some of them, he's like, I don't recognise this side of you. Like I haven't haven't seen this. What were you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Niki? Were I was very worried about what people thought of me. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the liberating factors of getting older, hopefully one of the good things, is that you you really don't reflect as much on how others perceive you. So like yeah. now, um, I don't, you know, I do have friends who will say to me, oh, you know, I can't post things on, on social media because I worry too much about what I'm saying or what I'm doing or, you know, what, what people will think. And 
I actually haven't done, I honestly haven't done that. Like I honestly, like at sometimes I'll notice that some some particular one has done quite well. Other ones really don't do very well and got very limited kind of engagement. I don't really go through any of that stuff, but it's an outlet for me. And actually in terms of rage, like I really think that the way that I've tried to navigate it is that I use my comedy or I use my writing or my stories to to talk about that rage in a funny way. So, you know, I quite often will bring to life the, the frustrations that kind of make us feel those ragey feelings. That doesn't mean that sometimes it gets, I mean, like this morning it got out of control. I'm not always on top of it. But even when I'm, well, even when it's going out of control, I'm like, oh, this would make quite a funny little sketch, wouldn't it? Or this would be quite a funny bit to write about. So um, maybe this is how you're expressing your rage yeah. these days. Mm. I think you're right, um, Jade, about the impact on kids. Certainly with my first child, I, I, I the rage was off the charts. And I think now a lot of it was just amplified by, you know, tiredness and overwhelm and the need to control. And also I think when your first child is born, you do just start taking apart how you and from, and your partner, your own childhoods a bit, don't you? I mean, in, yeah, in a way, I'm sure. It always happens, yeah. Right? And so mm. that was definitely a bit of an explosion for me. Go on, Jane, sorry. Um, I, so if, I'm sure that there are going to be people listening who have gone through this because we all, we all do this and we all think that it's only us. We think that everybody else is calmer and more patient and we're the only ones who are shrieking at our children and losing our shit. Um, I will say that what's been crucial when your children are old enough and when that anger goes, apologise, own it and apologise, because that's the thing that our generation didn't get from our parents. Mm. Do you know, it's, it's stay and repair. Stay and repair oh, is, great is always, mm. yeah, that's, that's what has to happen mm. for good health. You say stay mm. and repair. Stay and repair. So you don't run, you don't walk away, and you don't stand and fight, You but you do stay and you do have the conversation. It's just very important for children, particularly, you know, when they're getting into the older teenage years, just mm. to hear that you fucked up. Yeah. And, yeah. It, you know, if you had the chance to do it differently, you would have done and you understand the impact. And also that it's possible to recover from that, that the relationship so, can recover. But so mm. just a question about this phrase, stay in repair, because I might might use this in my own life right now with my eldest mm. teen, teenage girl, Aniki. You know, mm. I, I often just kind of ignite at the moment, partly even because physically she's taller than me and everything. Mm. Staying and repairing, it consists mm. of what? When I have outbursts in a, I've, I've, I think I'm prone to reacting too heavily upon her. I'm worried about something and I really, I can be full of rage very quickly. Stay and rep repair how then? And so you will have mm. the outburst. She may have an outburst back. Yeah. But you stay in the room, you just stick it out. I want to ask Aniki, so how do you react to anger around you? People that meet me will always say, oh, you're so calm. Like even on a professional level, like if I'm in a meeting, I can come across as very calm. I can kind of put that mask on, which I think we all do. Mm. Um, but there are moments where it just, it it goes crazy you know it just goes off the scale and I I say things essentially that I I know I'm gonna regret I'm frightened of myself when I'm angry and oh, I'm often yeah. frightened of other other people um when they're angry too and so I probably have kind of chosen partners who I mean my partner gets a lot of he gets little outbursts of rage but he's generally very calm I think he's not like angry regularly and and funnily enough the second time around when I had my you know my second daughter 
I, I don't rage at her at all. And I, what I feel very guilty about is when I look at the two of them, they all have very different personalities anyway, but I feel mm. like the, the second one is much calmer. Uh, whereas you know, my elder daughter is a bit more, I don't know. I, I, well, she rages. She's she's kind of, she gets the rages like I do. But then some of that could be hormonal because she's coming up for like, she's almost 10. She seems to be almost going into the the hormonal pre-puberty mm. You know. I think it's so complex. I think you can't kind of just boil it down to I I did a different style of parenting with that one because so much is coming in genetically and like you say, yeah. environmentally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Aniki, how, was there a particular point in your, in your life where you were particularly rageful? Uh, I think really my 40s would be, so I just turned, I turned 50 at the end of last year and I would say that pretty much 45 to 50 was just the raging years. I think it was a, a combination of things, but it was essentially not being happy with what the way that my life was turning out, looking, you know, reflecting back on things that I wish I'd done differently. And just this big one, which I sort of said right at the beginning, which is, I think, just trying to do too much. Um, and I do feel like, you know, I am a real workaholic. I also have really big ambitions in terms of, like writing, you know, I've I've written five books, but none of them have been best like bestsellers. So that's but still a- amazing. Can we just say how extraordinary? Mm. Yeah, even when you're saying mm. that, I'm sort of mm. feeling, ah, no, it's not. It's got to be more. I need more. Okay, you know, okay. kind of, I have this real drive, and I think what I want to do differently this this sort of decade is just to rethink things. And I suppose part of that is actually rethinking what what success is a bit. Mm. Once you can redefine that and actually. I just, I was always one of those people where, you know, I had a mad imagination and I really thought like, you know, I am going to be on Oprah. But then I sort of think, why, you know. Do I want to be? Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to be? Maybe I don't need, you know, maybe I don't need that. Can we not harness the energy from the things that make us angry and convert it into drive and ambition and that sort of forward propulsion? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. That ambition, Aniki, it's really great to acknowledge, isn't it? I'm at this stage in my life where I'm, I'm really acknowledging that actually I'm really ambitious and I'm scared to say that out loud because of where I am and where I want to be and the difference and what, how it might sound. But actually it's really important to go, I'm joyfully yeah. really ambitious. Mm. <laughs> Another part to this is is really focusing on the journey and enjoying the journey. Because the truth is, when you are ambitious, you never feel that you've made it. If I if I had a bestseller, then I then I then I'd feel worthy. So you have the bestseller, and you're like, oh, I still feel the same. Well, when I'm number one, then I'll feel worthy. Wow. And actually, I think the real key is to is to do work that you love, that you enjoy and and still have that ambition, but recognize that it's not going to make you feel any different than you feel right now. Mm. Wise words. Aniki, I know you have to go. Um, Just quickly tell us, what do you do for relaxation, fun, calming? Um, there's a couple of things I do. Um, funny enough, just recently I've taken up running again. Um, and I, it's funny, I, I hate running in many ways, but what I do enjoy is listening to very loud music. And I think that again is something that we don't do as much, you know, when we get older, we kind yeah. of 
we don't maybe go out. Oh, I, mean, I don't go out. I don't go to kind of loud music places. So what are you listening to? Things like Queens of the Stone Age I might listen to, uh, maybe Beyonce. Um, I watched Glastonbury all weekend and felt very angry about that, that I wasn't there. Um, and I, I then made a playlist of quite a lot of the people that I'd been watching over the weekend. So I, oh. I, I go, and have a, go and have a run in the morning. And then the opposite of that is probably like having a having a bath. Or I really swear by, and this was something some a mindfulness sort of expert told me was that to focus on scent and so sometimes mm. what I do is I'll have like an aromatherapy shower gel or something on a flannel and I just shove that on my face and I, I call that olfactory flooding oh <laughs> yeah. nice tm well, that's nice you know, that's an actual thing it does, work, it really yeah. does mm. calm you down um and then I have I've got a couple of apps on my phone that have kind of mindfulness and meditation I think I honestly think one of the best things, if people are listening um, and ragey, is is writing because I find that any kind of when you write it down on a bit of paper, even if you're just writing the things that you're angry about, or you're writing a character and you're sort of removing from it, um, it 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 helps you see it. It's amazingly cathartic. It's externalizing, and and also on top of that, I've said I've I've said so many of the things I've needed to say out loud to Jen or to Jane, and suddenly I feel completely different. So if you can't write it and you're just able to articulate it to somebody. Mm. Yeah, or even record it into your phone. It's yeah, good. Or even it's to your dog. I mean, it doesn't have to be mm. to a person. Mm. Sorry, not to compare you two to a pet, but I mean, you know. <laughs> well, the... we kind of are yeah. that way. Isn't it? Isn't mm. it? Because I was thinking, actually, one of the wrestles that you have is you kind of deny the feelings are happening. So you keep trying to, you know, and I spent a lot of time doing that. In you know, I'm sober and I've been sober for a few years now. Out. and actually most of my adult life was spent drinking um and that was my way of kind of running away from feelings that I didn't like mm-hmm. and now I sort of feel like okay you're feeling like I feel very anxious this week because I'm starting a new job next week mm-hmm. um and so I keep thinking okay I feel anxious okay I feel anxious that's okay and I'm kind of accepting it whereas before mm-hmm. in oh I've got to get you know I need to do some Quick. shopping or oh, yeah drink mm-hmm. or something and or even when you say oh, i've got to be calm i've got to be calm that, yeah. that actually increases the anxiety it's better to work with it and know it and own it yeah and i actually it's funny i think like physical movement of any kind like mm. I, you know my friend um is around the corner she teaches yoga and she was having a really bad day yesterday and she said i don't need yoga i need to go and run and not to run a distance she said but i just need to get the energy out of my body Oh, Aniki, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on.